Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. What's poppin', Fantasy Football Fiend family? Bonjour, Konnichiwa, Olokamo, Esta, Udenteg. What's going on, good people? Yo, I'm hyped because I know we good at what we do, but when I went back and I listened to a couple of previous episodes, and then I watched football this weekend. The amount of accuracy is just ridiculous. I, I hope that you guys were paying attention to all the information that we were giving you because it definitely would have come in handily over the last couple of weeks. We got more in store for you today. It's me, the fantasy football fiend himself, Zay. I got my man, Young Vander. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy fiends, what's going on out there? I got my main man, bro, Joe. What's good? So, man, what a week of football. I mean, where do we even start? Excellent games. I said in the last show that I thought that the Arizona game would be one of the best games to watch. I mean, man, that game had everything came down to the last minute. I mean, I think it ended up being a one point game, 35, 34, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, that game was phenomenal. You had King Henry show up. I told you that the Titans were going to get back to the basics and that was going to be a a running game for them. Man, King Henry did a sting. It's just been a ridiculous weekend of football. I mean, what what stood out to you guys? Uh, I definitely enjoyed the... Cardinal Viking game. Kyler Murray showing why he's an MVP candidate. Oh man, um, for, real. for this year, uh, the Tennessee game. It was good to see Henry get back on track. I know week one, a lot of people was, oh man, is this it? Oh, he gets too many carries over the years. Now he's breaking down. It was good to see him get back on track. We seen the emergence of Julio Jones, who could have had a bigger fantasy day if he got those toes down. So um, yeah, that was a good thing to see. Also, he might have had a bigger fantasy day if he had just worn some white shoes. <laughs> I'm just saying, it was literally that close. I'm just saying. Right. <laughs> he tried to be different, and different didn't work out for him this go around. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I know you had to watch your boys. Man, what I, what I say, man, about Henry, man, he going, he get, he took it to the house, man. He did. Um, he really did. I really enjoyed, honestly, watching the Raiders versus Pittsburgh. What is Vegas doing on defense, like, dude, bro? They playing legit. Okay, so I don't know what's more jolting, if you will. Is it the fact that the Raiders are playing ball or that Pittsburgh isn't? Like, I don't know which one we should actually talk about first, but I guess we talk about the people that that won the game first. I mean, the Raiders are doing their thing, man. Like, is Gruden finally, is he finally getting this team around the corner? I mean, like, this is a game that they would normally find a way to lose. I mean, they, they pulled it out with their starting running back hurt. It was impressive for me because we already know Waller's going to get the ball anytime this man coverage. He's going to get the ball. And no one seemed to stop this guy. And yet they know that's the first person he looked to. 
With Waller out there, uh, of course, he's going to draw maybe a lot of double teams, but that hurt a lot of teams because that means you're running man coverage everywhere else. Right. We've seen that in one of those plays. you got Henry Ruggs, the third. I mean, this, yeah. you got a guy running a 4-2. That's somebody you definitely don't want to have man coverage on. So Good luck. You know what I mean? So you really have to pick your poison when playing against this offense, for sure. And what about the, the Patriots game? Uh, Patriots versus the Jets. I, I, I told you guys, Bill Belichick has a way of making rookie quarterbacks' lives miserable, and that's exactly what happened the same way that uh sam darnold i said that he was seeing ghosts that's what you should expect anytime a rookie quarterback is going up against a bill belichick defense mac jones has got like a, a 96 percent quarterback rating right now the highest of all of the uh drafted quarterbacks to date uh, which several of them haven't really gotten the opportunity, but higher than Trevor Lawrence, higher than Zach Wilson. I think my squad, my final quarterback. You know, yeah, his completion percentage is amazing too. And that's one thing I liked about it. The first game was like over 70%. And I forgot what the last game was. This guy doesn't turn the ball over and he's completing a ton of passes. Yeah, Mac Jones is definitely the most NFL-ready quarterback coming out this year. So I'm, I'm not really that surprised. I mean, you're going from Saban, to the Saban NFL, the perfect marriage. So I'm not really by surprised by that. I did like to see the the emergence of Michael Carter in that game, even though the Jets lost. Yeah. It was good to see him get those 13 touches and, and, and pretty do pretty well with it. So, if I'm not mistaken, I think he got the most touches of the running back as far as the the Jets were concerned. Right. That's definitely pointing in the right direction. We got a lot of fantasy news to get to, so let's hop to it. Time for your fantasy news. And now your fantasy news. All right. Time for your fantasy news. I mean, where do we start? There's so much going on. We're in the thick of things now. I guess we start with quarterbacks. There's several quarterbacks that um, had injuries this past week. We have Tua Tungvaloa that has a rib injury. He's considered to be day-to-day. Andy Dalton has a knee injury. He's to be determined at this point. Um, they don't really have much of an update just yet. So there's a possibility that Mr. Fields may be on the way in. In, but we don't know just yet. Tyrod Taylor suffered from a hamstring injury and David Mills seems to be in line for the Houston job currently. I was kind of hoping when I saw Tyrod go down and then I also saw Tua go down. First thought that came to my mind was, oh, that may be the, the magic potion necessary for Watson to play for somebody. But it looks like Tua's injury is going to be more of a pain tolerance type of a thing. It doesn't look like Houston is going to be moved very much. It's like they're going to use the guy that they drafted. So what do you guys got as far as those quarterbacks are concerned? I think you have any of these guys you should go into this week like they're not going to play. Tyrod Taylor, like he's going to be out a month of that hamstring injury. They also have the Thursday night game. Yes. As far as Tua, rib injury, maybe a, a week-to-week kind of injury. I definitely think Brissett will probably take the helm at least one week. And also with Andy Dalton, that situation, I can very well see him missing the week. They did come out and say he would be the starter once healthy, but I don't see him going in this week as a starter. So I think you should just uh, look at it as they both, as all three of these guys will not play if they are on your team. Yeah, I think this is a great opportunity to start considering Daniel Jones, believe it or not. I love his running upside. It just he has a knack for getting those gainers. I think he's finally settling to uh, Garrett's offense. 
I like his floor. He has a safer floor uh, right now. As far as another quarterback, Derek Carr might still be available. And look at him posting back-to-back 400-yard games. He's getting a considerable amount of touchdowns, and he hasn't thrown that many interceptions. If not, I believe he has two interceptions on the year. I think that's a, those two uh, quarterbacks definitely, uh, if available, should be great looks. And even Justin Fields, if he's available. We have Amari Cooper currently suffering from a rib injury going to be again like a a day-to-day pain tolerance sort of an injury with him josh jacobs his availability is already in doubt normally when we see doubtful that's followed by out pretty quickly whatever pivot you made last week from josh jacobs you're likely going to have to make that same pivot again zach Ertz, he's now on the COVID list so he recovered from the hamstring injury that he was suffering from but he's now dealing with well we don't know whether or not you know he has COVID or or if it was a close contact sort of a thing. But we do know that he is on the NFL's COVID list. We have Nico Collins for Houston, uh, who was starting to make a little bit of noise out there, kind of defining himself as the number two. He's going to be out three to four weeks with a shoulder injury. That may be a pivot that some of our dynasty players may need to make. Evan Ingram is practicing now, so he's practicing in full. It looks like he's going to make it a go for his first time for the season now this coming week. Will Fuller is back in the game. He's back from his personal week. Um, Normally, when it comes to them being out for whatever personal reason, that ends up being something to do with like a family, you know, ailment or death or something like that. But it looks like he's back and ready to go for this week. What do you guys have on any of them? I see Evan Ingram on a lot of uh, free agent lists. So if you do not have a tight end or you was kind of like streaming the position in a way, I would grab this guy. I think it's going to be a lot of targets there for him to get. It seemed like Sterling Shepard took the lead on that team, but Evan Ingram has always been a favorite of uh, Daniel Jones. As far as Jake was concerned, that toe injury, like I said before last week, this is things that's probably going to linger the whole season. We didn't see a lot of Kenyon Drake. We we did see a little bit more of Peyton Barber this past week. Okay, so Forrest Fuller, I will monitor it before I put him in my starting lineup. So grab him if you can, sit him on your bench, and, and, and see how it looks out there before you run him and jump him out and throw him as a starter on your team. I feel sorry for Galladay. If somebody is a Galladay guy, you can only hope that he has one more good game. You get a little trade bait, you know, that kind of thing going on. Looks like LaVisca Chenault may not miss time. He got injured this past week, and it looked like it was going to be a pretty significant injury uh, right along with the Deontay Johnson, who also looked to avoid a serious injury, um, but it looks like those guys may be back, if not this week, definitely sooner than later. With that uh, Deontay Johnson injury, uh, James Washington maybe could come into play as a sneaky play. Probably going to see a, a ton of Claypool, so you definitely Absolutely. fire him up. he probably jump into the wide receiver one conversation. Juju's going to get more looks as well. Juju as well, for sure. That Jacksonville, man, it's a mess. I feel sorry for a lot of those James Robinson owners who thought they'd see a repeat of last year, but it's, it's not looking good so oh man yeah you're absolutely right i'm i'm glad i i went ahead and got rid of him when i did because a lot of times what we'll see is you have to determine whether something is smoke or whether it's fire and with him you and i both kind of determined pretty early that hey this this may be fire and um it may be a problem so we might want to go ahead and um, make a move to something that may be a little bit more solid while we're figuring out what jacksonville is going to look like this year because it's quite 
quite a bit different than what it was in times past. And this isn't as much news as it is just something that I noticed. But Trey Lance, unlike in week one, although he was healthy, he didn't get in the game at all. Um, they had a few plays for him in week one to kind of get him out there, get him acclimated to game speed without having to take over the game, if you will. And uh, this week they didn't give him any looks. That may be absolutely nothing. It could be something. Who knows? But that's just something that I, I noticed. I don't think it's anything. I think it's just Shanahan going off the game script. I think it's Garoppolo's job to lose. So as long as we're winning and he's out there, you know, playing decent, I don't see Trey Lance coming and taking that job anytime soon. And while we're talking about San Francisco, the running backs had a hell of a day on Sunday. And I don't mean that in a good way. Injuries abounded throughout. And it was crazy. Uh, you had Trey Sermon, who on his first carry ended up with a concussion due to a helmet to helmet hit. You had Jermichael Hasty get injured. I think he was a, a, a ankle or a knee. You had a shoulder injury with uh, Elijah Mitchell. It was just a lot going on. So much to the point that San Francisco went out. They're looking at hiring a couple more running backs. They had Lamar Miller. They had him in for a visit. Uh, I want to say I saw Kerryon Johnson maybe in for a visit well, as well. Well, Kerryon Johnson's already on the practice squad. Oh, okay. Okay. So they did have TJ Yeldon. I didn't even realize had, I had Yeldon. Right. And they also had Lamar Miller. Hey, Duke there Johnson. Duke, Duke Johnson. Yeah, those guys. I was about to say there was somebody else. Yeah, those guys came in for a workout today. They're preparing as if some of these injuries may not necessarily be a one-week thing when you got almost every available free agent running back coming in for a visit. So that that, that was kind of interesting to me. Yeah, it's likely Elijah is going to be a go. I mean, with concussion protocol, we won't know until, what, Thursday or Friday if Sermon is going to be ready to go. And it sounds like Hasty has the worst out of the bunch. And he also had gotten Trent Cannon from the Ravens off of the waivers, too. So they had him stashed on their team for about a week. Yeah, Cannon is more of a special teams guy. That's why they're bringing those other guys in. I don't really see Cannon getting any carries, anything of that nature. Uh, Lamar Miller finally uh, was able to uh, get past that kryptonite. Man, so I'm going to keep it 100 with y'all. When I fell asleep, Baltimore was down by like about 10 points, give or take. I wake up, grab my phone, and I see this big smile on Lamar Jackson's face. And I'm sitting here like, whoa, wait a minute. What the heck happened? What did I fall asleep on? I start watching my, you know, my my, my morning shows, my morning sports shows. Everybody's talking about Lamar Jackson finally getting over the hump. And I'm like, whoa. It was crazy to me because that, in, in my mind, there was no way for them to make that happen. I mean, you're down you're two starting running backs. You're down your starting corner. I mean, they, they have like, I want to say like 14 people on IR right now. And a grip of them are starters. And this is the time that you take over Kansas City. I don't know if that's a lapse by Kansas City or if that's a Baltimore truly figuring out how to come combat that kryptonite or what. Lamar Jackson was Superman. He and his defense beat Kansas City. I didn't see that coming at all. Well, to me, I see a little different. This goes back to the running back episode when I was trying to tell you guys about CEH. He's just not the guy. He's not that guy everybody wanted him to be. He had a, a key fumble in this game, and that really think that lost the game for them. So, yeah, you know, Lamar played very well. Uh, the defense of Baltimore, they made plays when they had to. But that key fumble was the, the, the thing that I think lost this game for these guys. I mean, CEH... That running back one, just let it go. It's not who he is. Those guys really miss Damian Williams, I'll tell you that. For me, it was no Tyreek Hill. They took Tyreek Hill 
out of the game. And it wasn't that Kansas City even tried to make any adjustments, tried to get this guy the ball. They were just, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is our predictable offense. They did nothing to get him the ball. And I was actually shocked. It cost me a lot of money because I'm thinking in the bag he going to have it in the yard. <laughs> and yeah, bull crap, man. Yeah, you would have thought that that was a safe bet. But, hey, the defense gets paid, too. And that's why I said, in my opinion, the defense, the fact that the number one corner was gone, and this is the game you take Tyreek Hill out, that's coaching. You know, Tyreek don't usually play very well against the Ravens. If you look at the past history, it's usually McCole Harmon and guys like that that's scoring the ball. So Right, it's, it's when not, their number one corner is in the game. like I didn't think their number two <laughs> corner could shut them down. Well, well they quadrupled team this guy like they had three people on him all game so it was it was apparent we manning up on everybody we understand kelsey we're gonna try to we're gonna try to look give looks to kelsey but we taking tyreek out so it wasn't that letting they, that guy beat us and in my opinion i don't think marcus peters their number one corner i think marlon okay. humphrey's their number one corner right right and, and then you also they still have guys that's good number two is they still got jimmy smith on his team one thing about the Ravens, they have a lot of depth at that position so yeah losing peters was a big deal but they had a lot of depth so they did able to absorb that blow indeed indeed i believe that about wraps up the news let's go ahead and get into that get them drop them keep on get them drop them keep them quarterbacks up first we have sam darnold matthew stafford teddy bridgewater so let me give you the numbers with Sam Darnold, he currently has four touchdowns. There's three passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdowns. He has a total of 584 passing yards. Matthew Stafford has five touchdowns, all of them passing touchdowns, and a total of 599 yards. And then you have Teddy Bridgewater with four touchdowns and a total of 592 yards. Get him, drop him, keep him. You go get Sam Darnold, you keep Matthew Stafford, and you trade or drop Teddy Bridgewater. Hmm. I'm I, a, I think I'm a little bit different. Right. I think I'm going to go get Stafford, of course. I'm going to keep Bridgewater, and I'm going to drop Sam Darnold. Bridgewater, I don't I don't know what he, this fascination is with these Denver receivers, but him and Sutton got a beautiful thing, and Jerry Judy's a few weeks away from coming back. That was just – he just don't make mistakes, and he's working with a great defense. I love Darnold. I think Darnold has upside. It's CMC all day, and I think that's his, the biggest Achilles is, is CMC, but I definitely love I love Bridgewater. I don't look at CMC as an Achilles. I look at CMC as a, a, a gift. You know what I'm saying? Like, I do too, because I saw some, <laughs> some plays where he got a free 15 yards out of a bad pass. Right. So that, that was one of the reasons upside, I thought that Darnold would actually have an increase in stats this year. But with passing upside, we know CMC is going to take the ball, little dinks and dunks. Like Bridgewater and Stafford is just gunning it. You know what I mean? As opposed to a more passive offense with the Panthers. Okay, I see what you're saying. Uh, we have with wide receivers, we have, I have two sets for you, okay? So we have Mike Williams, Rondell Moore, and Henry Ruggs. With Mike Williams, he has two touchdowns, 22 targets, 15 receptions, 173 yards. Rondell Moore has 13 targets, 11 receptions, 182 yards. Henry Ruggs, one touchdown, 12 targets, seven receptions, 159 yards. Get them, drop them, keep them. You most definitely uh, keep Mike Williams. You go out there, you go get Rondell Moore. In the Yahoo League, this guy's only 34% on. So you definitely go get this guy. Definitely seems there's a rapport building there with Kyler Murray. Like he's become one of his favorite go-to guys. 
and you drop Henry Ruggs, I mean, this is a guy you're going to see. It's going to be flash in the pan. You know, you're going to have those weeks where he catched the 100-yard bomb. Well, 100 yards receiving with a 70, 80-yard bomb. And then you can have those games where he has 30 yards receiving. So I definitely will drop him. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Vander. And just to add on to Rondell Moore, just like I was saying before, he, he was in a position where, just like the Steelers, he can get 90 targets. You know, four players can have 90 targets easily. Uh, and his usage has went up. Uh, week one was 29%, and this week is already at 46%. And he's averaging a little more than 14 points a game, 14.8. Our next set of wide receivers, we have Michael Pittman, Brian Edwards, Jalen Rager. With Pittman, he has 16 targets, 11 receptions, 158 yards. Edwards, 8 targets, 7 receptions, 121 yards. Rager, 1 touchdown, 11 targets, 8 receptions, 56 yards. Now, one caveat that I'll throw in there, Edwards, I've seen legit have a touchdown in each week one and two stolen from him that for all intents and purposes could have, could have, should have, would have, you know how that goes. Also with Rager, he had like a, a 80 yard bomb that ended up being called back due to holding. That would, that would give him the most touchdowns out of the bunch and about the same amount of yards. So the yardage has been pretty close with the other examples that we've gone over. But the reason that I had Jalen Rager grouped in with this group is because if you actually watch the games and you're not just looking at the box score, these guys are right there in that same vein. Right. I think you should keep Michael Pittman. Go get Brian Edwards. I mean, because this guy's only rostered in 20% of Yahoo leagues. And me, personally, I mean, Rake, he's playing all right, but he would be the guy that I would drop. I'll see if I can move. And keeping in mind, when we say drop, that doesn't mean that they necessarily have yeah. to be on waiver. Correct. That can also mean that it's time to go ahead and trade this person. So right, right. just for those that this may be your first episode, when we say drop them, we, you know, we don't want you thinking, what the hell is wrong with these guys? Like, why the hell would I just drop? Like, nah, that's not exactly what we're saying. So <laughs> trade or drop depending on the situation so right and, and this is the second time me and van agreeing and i just want to add on brian edwards because again i was saying it last week where cars already compared him to Devonte uh adams his fresno state guy and his touches has definitely gone up. He had 66% usage week one. Week two is at 77%. And uh, though Zay Jones caught that game-winning touchdown, if he's no longer – if they continue to fade him out, he's going to be genuinely the ex-receiver in this offense, and the sky's the limit for him. Like you said, Zay, they caught – you know, he's had two touchdowns called back, and that's just his floor. He's, he's an amazing upside kind of guy in that offense. Okay, real quick. Pittman, Edwards, Moore. You can only keep one. Think fast. Real quick. Vander, go. Rondell Moore. Joe. I want more. Okay. All right. So, tight ends. We have Higby, Jarrett Cook, and Hunter Henry. With Tyler Higby of the Rams, seven targets, five receptions, 76 yards. Jarrett Cook with the Chargers, he has eight targets, five receptions, 84 yards. Hunter Henry, the Patriots, seven targets, five receptions, 73 yards. Get him, drop him, keep him. As of right now, I think I would still want to hold Tyler Higby. I know the expectations were, were big for this guy going into the season. I want to give him a little more time, so I'm going to keep him. Because I, I love the way Matthew Stafford looks in his offense. Yes, offense absolutely. is very fluid. I'm going to go get Jared Cook if you can, if he's available. And I'm going to trade or drop, not well, trade or drop Hunter Henry. Three for three. So I, I definitely agree. <laughs> um, 
What I will say is I'm a big fan of Cook. I think, you know, they just did so well. Their receivers was just on point this week. We really didn't get a chance to see him do well. He did have that touchdown call back due to penalty. He's already acclimated to Joe Lombardi's offense, and he has a ton of upside. He Higby is a phenomenal talent, but Cook is definitely a sleeper. We have two sets of running backs. First set, James White, Sonny Michelle, Michael Carter. James White has nine rushing attempts, 32 yards, 13 receptions, and 95 yards off of those receptions. Sonny Michelle has 11 attempts for 48 yards, zero uh, receiving yards or receptions. Michael Carter, 15 attempts, 65 yards, five receptions for 43 yards. The caveat here is we have to look at the fact that Sony Michelle has not had an opportunity just yet, and Henderson is currently um, injured. So we don't know just yet the extent of the Henderson injury. And when Sony Michelle got in the game, he looked pretty good. I mean, he got pretty much all of those yards in that one game. Right. As far as James White is concerned, and actually, I apologize to you guys for not mentioning this in the news. One of the guys that we spoke about several times in earlier shows, Ramondre Stevenson, he's been uh, what looks like to be demoted. I don't know if it's one week or if it's going to be a continuous thing, but Harris and White are pretty much carrying the load. And then J.J. Taylor from Arizona, he is um, the guy that's getting in to kind of spell them when need be. So I don't know if that's going to be the thing going forward. Definitely monitor that situation. Um, but we got, again, James White, Sonny Michelle, Michael Carter. Get them, drop them, keep them. Welcome to the mind of Belichick. <laughs> I've been told you guys, do not trust a running back in this system, man, because you never know what's going to happen. Next week, Bolden to have the most carries. You know what I mean? You can you trust just... James White every week. James White well, is very much consistent. So my answer really depends on what kind of league you're in. If you're in the PPR league, you definitely want to go get James White. You might want to keep Michael Carter, and you might want to. The Sony thing really depends on injury, because if Heron Henderson is there, he's the bill cow. If he's not there, then hey, I'll go with Sony. But in the standard league, I will drop James White. I would go get Sony and I would keep Michael Carter. So it depends on the league that you're in, guys. Yeah, I'm going to say similar to that, obviously. I'm going to keep White, get Carter, and drop Michelle. And to add to Carter, man, talk about an uptick in uh, usage. The dude had 35 uh, touches. He played 35 snaps week one. He went up to 41 week two. He had 71% of the backfield uh, week two. So that's very promising for his upside. So the people who've held on to him, they're about to cash in. And he's still somebody who's continue, like continuously slept on. But I think the best is yet to come. In our second set of running backs, we actually have the Baltimore backfield. The same way we had the Jets backfield last week, we have the Baltimore backfield this week. So you have Latavius Murray, Tyson Williams, and Freeman as well. They were all getting touches. I mean, at, at like at one point in the game, it was literally back to back to back that they switched out who the running back was. So do you trust any of them or like is this any given Sunday or like like how what do you, what do you do with the Baltimore back out of these three guys you definitely don't trust Devontae Freeman you know early in the game you did see the, the it was a carousel you know one guy was in the next down another guy was in the next down another guy was in so it was pretty much going around and around but I think as the game went on I think Latavius Murray is the best running back in this the, the, the most complete running back that they have on this team hmm. uh, Tyson Williams is a definitely a good runner, but he's not a good pass protector. 
Um, so I think you definitely drop Freeman. You keep Tyson Williams because I'm pretty sure he's the guy, the starter. And you go out and get Latavius Murray possible because if anything was to happen to Tyson Williams, this is going to be Latavius Murray's backfield. True. Very easily. Yeah, I'm. I'm in the same. I'm in the same agreement. I think Latavius Murray's value is undervalued because, like you said, right. I think he is. I don't want to call him Mark Ingram, but he's in that blend of a Dobbins slash Ingram role where he's going to get the goal line touches. Period. That's not even a question. But he's also valuable in first and second down. Um, I was able to get him um this past week, and I was actually shocked. But he, if you look at his touches, one one last. Point, he had 31% of touch, uh, touches uh, week one and 36 in week two. And obviously Tyson had uh, 35 and 37% uh, respectfully. So they're close, but Lamar, uh, Latavius Murray has had a touchdown in both games. That speaks to his value. And are there any other players that you guys can think of that you would go get right now, that you would drop right now, or that you would just keep, although they may not be um, what the norm is? I'll give you I have two. One. Okay, cool. I'll give you my um. I'll give you my two to start off real quick. Don't panic. Please don't say mine. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, give me the team. Atlanta Falcons. No, no, no. Okay, no, cool. No, no. Um, <laughs> Don't panic as it pertains to one Mr. Kittle. Um, He's still a top tight end. Things are kind of piecing their way out in the San Francisco offense. But one thing's for sure, two things for certain. If he's had bad games to date, that means the good games are going to be the games that you're going to be forsaking. So versus uh, trading him to someone else and allowing them to take advantage of all his good games when you kind of held on to him through some of the the bad ones, not a good move. So keep George Kittle, be patient. He is who he is. The main thing that I love about the George Kittle situation is there's no injury designations of any kind, no questionables, no limping, no none of that good stuff. So he seems to be in perfect health. He'll be who he is. Hold tight. So this guy, I think you should go out and get him. He's available. Yahoo League has a two roster um, availability type of tag on him, and that's Cordell Patterson. Mm, okay. You know, you know, Mike Davis went into the season as the number one back, of course, on the depth chart. But Cordell's been receiving a lot of action in the backfield, even in the red zone. I mean, this guy got 14 carries for 65 yards in the score. Um, he's third on the team in receiving yards with 71 of seven receptions. And the most important stat from a fantasy perspective is the guy got two touchdowns, one on the ground, one in the air. And Mike Davis has zero. So if you're in PPR, if you like James White, then you should love Cordell Patterson because it's kind of the same kind of deal. But I think he's probably going to get more carries than a James White, if you follow me. So actually using this guy like he's a running back for real. I mean, we've seen the <laughs> Patriots in the Minnesota Vikings. we see him many places. In, Special teams guy. I know right. Right, they do little jet sweeps and look, but he's really like this guy was in the red zone running between the tackles. I'm like, okay, that's different. <laughs> yeah, so definitely go get Cordell Patterson, man. I'm Yahoo, you could put him at wide receiver if you're in a three receiver league. Hey, put him as your wide receiver three, he may give you some running back, uh, some numbers. I so, like it, I like it enough that I'm about to take about two seconds out to see what leagues in uh, in Yahoo that I don't have him, man. <laughs> yeah, it looks like I gotta wait till tomorrow. <laughs> I checked the sleeper too, Joe. So. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
My second one was don't panic as it pertains to Zach Wilson. Uh, he's a rookie. Don't, and, and this is actually a combo. Also, don't panic as it pertains to Elijah Moore. We got exactly what I expected us to get with them going up against the Patriots. And they'll have to see the Patriots one more time. And then the next, that time, they'll be in New England. I expect more of the same. Outside of that, these guys, or especially if you're talking about like two quarterback leagues, things of that nature, if you're talking about your flex spots, I really believe that they're going to be worth the wait as the season kind of goes on. You can expect for them to become a little bit more comfortable with each other, keeping in mind there wasn't much of a preseason for Elijah Moore. And Davis already looks in midseason form, so he's definitely a dependable uh, wide receiver. With Michael Carter coming on, he's a dependable pass catcher out of the backfield. So don't give up on those guys. They're young. They're literally in the first couple of games in in their NFL careers. Uh, give give them a couple. Give them a little bit of time. Now, if you're on a short bench, there there's no reason that you can't go ahead and see if there's other players out there. Like if there's a around there more around there more out there, I would be apt if I have a short bench um, to take him or Cordell Patterson. I would be apt to take him. Um, somebody that if you need someone right now. But outside of that, if you have a little bit of a deeper bench, but these guys are going to come along. Um, and it may not be. It may be sooner than later. Just hold your peace a little bit, and uh, we'll see what happens. Joe, go ahead and give us what you got. I'm going to go first with K.J. Osborne from the Vikings. Little known, right? He's averaged 14.3 fantasy points the last two games, right? Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's that's crazy. And plus, he's had over five targets both games. One game was seven targets. The other one, no, one. the last game was five targets. The other one was seven. And he still managed to squeeze out a touchdown in both. And he's killing it right now. Did You know, you think it's Adam Thielen and it's uh, Jefferson? No, like. Cousins is like focused on this dude. So it's heavy, tremendous upside with that in mind. He's spoken up this kid the entire time during preseason. We just weren't listening, you know, obviously. Um, but he had tremendous upside. And who, like, out of current starters, who we know that's consistently putting up 14.3 fantasy points? He's someone that if waiver is clear, you can't get the big names. He's sitting right there. No one hardly knows about him. And right. then to go to the Eagles, Quez Watkins. This is another guy. No we talked one about him uh, last week, week before last. Uh, last yeah, week, I believe it was. No, yeah. you, no, you talked about because I think you said that the Ertz injury would benefit him the most. Oh, yeah. And look what's happening. He's averaging another one, 8.2 yards a game. He's had what, two receptions for 112 yards this past game. It is clear. And also, this is another thing where the writing's on the wall. Hertz is speaking on this guy. He says, he's saying it already. He trusts this guy. He's going deep to this guy whenever he can. Um, he's a, he's almost a Deshaun Jackson-esque mm. where he's taking the top off of the offense. Uh, so I think with Ertz definitely being hurt, just like you said, I said it, I said it, uh, most recently another guy no one's thinking about it's Rager's gone just to your point you can easily get this guy and you already know his floor is 8.2 yards a game and if you're knowing he's going to get in a shootout for Hertz anyway he's going to go he's going to look for his guy and that's his guy right now um we already mentioned uh some other guys so I'm not going to go into those but we'll touch back on them later on in the show uh your guys eh? let's go to Gainwell 
This guy is averaging 8.8 fantasy points a game, and he's literally the de facto number two running back for the Eagles. Boston Scott has not gotten a carry. Man, and I can see why. You were talking about him during the rookie show. Like you said, we've been telling you guys what it is. This is another sneaky pick where if you don't have a running back, you know, the Latavius Murray's is gone. Uh, Michael Carter's is gone. Gainwell is going to be that guy. And for uh, another running back, Damian Williams, uh, a fun fact with him, He's getting uh, eight touches a game, and he has a 73% catch uh, completion. He's had 35% usage the first game and 33% the second game. So he's clearly the pass catching option for this offense, and he's also the handcuff to Montgomery. No one's talking about him yet because he hasn't found a red zone. And this is a good time if you're low at running back, you just made a trade, you divvied up a running back. Damian Williams is a great stash. And I'm going to close out the running backs with Roundtree. And I get it. You know, we Mm -hmm. just saw him week one. He had, you know, a good amount of touches. We thought he was running back two. Then Justin Jackson came back. Oh, no, you're not. I know. I feel like Eckler's going to be good as far as his health this week. But if anything was to happen to Eckler, though Justin Jackson is very promising, I actually like Roundtree to be one of those guys as a sleeper. So we're not talking about right now today because he only averaging 1.5 fantasy points. But if something was to happen to Eckler week eight or so, or once we get a feel for the backfield because Justin Jackson and Landry's usage are about the same. Week one, 27%. Week two, 17 for Roundtree. Justin Jackson was 14%, then 23%. So they kind of switch roles from week one to week two. Definitely somebody, like, again, if you later on in the season, you just made a trade that involves some running backs, Roundtree is another one that's a sneaky pick. I definitely love that KJ Osborne play. Uh, real quick, when they brought him in, they said this guy reminds him a lot of Stefan Diggs. So mm. keep that in mind. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. And if you remember, I want to say last, last episode, or episode before last, I was talking to you guys about Roundtree. And um, I think he was like fourth on the depth chart. But I was telling you, based on talent, I don't see how Roundtree isn't going to be the one directly behind Eckler. And when it came to game time, we see who gets the most run. So I definitely believe that um, Roundtree is going to be one of those guys that you may be able to count on sooner than later. Also, keeping in mind, those other two running back outside of Eckler, this current coaching staff had nothing to do with them, and they're just guys. So the, the, the one one that was drafted by the current coaching staff is the Ricky Roundtree. So it, they're going to try to prove themselves right before they p- prove the past coaching staff right. So that's just something else to kind of, you know, keep in mind. What else you got, Joe? So I want to bring the attention back to Rondell Moore. We were saying, like, it's a possibility, like, you know, get him, maybe. No, you need to roster him right now. The offense is, like, it's like I can't keep saying this statistic. He can easily get close to 90 targets, and he's already crushing it with the uses that he's already getting. Like, he had nine, 29% of snaps week one. He's already at 46. Like, it, and this was against Minnesota. He had even a tougher uh, matchup last week, and he, he's already showing value. This guy, like I said in the rookie show, he's Tyreek. It's no point in waiting. It's no point of like, oh, maybe. No, you need to get him right now at his lowest value because after the week three, he's 50% owned. So it's definitely the time to get him. I really feel as far as talent, raw talent, he's their best, well, second best wide receiver, obviously, aside from D-Hop. I love Kirk. 
him and Kirk are very similar, but he has the four two nine speed. So that's the main difference. This guy is one. I gave the measurables during the rookie show. People can go back to look at it and listen to it. But get Rondell Moore right now. Like it use whatever resources, how much fab priority you have to get him on the roster. That's like your number one priority. And going back to Brian Edwards, he is so talented. He's a very big guy. He's 6'3", 210 pounds. His measurables are through the roof. And we're seeing the trend of car passing 400 yards a game. And we're seeing them build not, you know, we already knew what he was doing during camp, but we're seeing it transition into actual football games. And I just gave the statistic earlier where it showed he went from 66% usage to 77%. And it's only 100%. So where does he have left to go? You know what I mean? Like he's already entrenched in his role. Um, I don't, I like the rhythm of how they starting to use him. Cause before they only went to him during the fourth quarter, week one, week two, they sprinkled him throughout. And again, he's like you said, Zay, he's two touchdowns called back. So he's another 14 point guy. He could have been had he had got those touchdowns, uh, that went through. So I love, I think him and more like my top two waiver priorities. Michael Carter is two. Unfortunately, I dropped him in one of my leagues. I was impatient, but at this point, already Tevin Coleman is out of the picture. It's him versus Ty Johnson and talent wins at the end of the day. So I think he's going to take over the backfield in the next few weeks, but get him now, get him early. I like it. I like it. Um, any other positions you got, Joe? Oh, just uh, we can actually swing back to Heineke, the uh, Thursday night game, Heineke and Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, to me, is a definite, I will leverage, like I say with Daniel Jones, he's one of those leverage guys in the sense where, say, for example, you're in a team that you got two quarterbacks. You, obviously, you have your, your stud quarterback and then your backup quarterback is really good. You can go ahead and try to leverage the backup quarter, your second quarterback, and you'll know Daniel Jones is just sitting there. Look at his floor averaging about, what, 70 yards rushing a game? That's he's. I'm not going to put measurables to Lamar Jackson, but if Lamar just had 86 his first game, over 100 his second game, let's say close to 100, and we're seeing Daniel Jones in two games straight break long runs, that alone is great. And then he he's one of those people, he's like, well, yeah, you got me Galladay and Tooney, but I'm liking this Slayton and uh, Sterling Shepard. And now, like you said earlier, he's getting an Evan Ingram back. He's going with his what he's accustomed to. But the caveat is he has a Galladay, which he tried to get with almost uh, double-digit targets the last week. He's a sneaky play. He's not the quarterback of last year. We have to take into consideration he, like I said so many times, they dumbed down the offense. This year, it's not dumbed down no more, as we've seen uh, in the game. So let's go after uh, Daniel Jones. Heineke is a sneaky play. If you need a quarterback, please go after him. Please go after him and uh, be sure to attack him. Because I think he's one of those things. He already has the rapport with Terry. But I see like he likes De'Ami Brown. He has Logan Thomas. And Curtis Samuels a few weeks away. Try to get him in the next few weeks to definitely have some upside for playoffs. I like it. I like it. Now, are there any other players that we kind of want to bring to people's attention that they may not be paying attention to? Or are there players that we right now want to go out and trade for or figure out a way to get at almost any cost? Or are we still too early to make big moves? Because I know that's one of the uh, conventional wisdoms that a lot of fantasy fans struggle with. Do I make the big move early in the season when someone may be sleeping? Or do I 
I factor in that that big move could come back to bite me if things don't quite go the way that I, I foresaw them going. As far as the big guys, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, you know, it seems slow coming out the gate. But this guy, I mean, he's leading the league and in, in touches inside the 10. So the, it's going to come. You build it, they will come. So <laughs> just just be patient. It's going to pay off. They give him the ball down there. He just hasn't been able to punch it in yet. So if you go get this guy and somebody want to sell him for a little low, I definitely think you should buy that. Um, I like Mike Williams for sure. This is a guy you probably want to go out there and get also in a trade. Um, the name is not as sexy. So you may be able to get him for maybe an Antonio Brown, you know, a thing like that. Like, mm. that's probably a trade somebody will actually take. Like, oh, give me A.B. But I, I like a Mike Williams over a guy like Antonio Brown, for instance. Yeah, I think it's a good time to go after like a Tannehill right now. Um, though he played slight, he didn't throw, you know, first week was horrible. This week he didn't throw a touchdown. That's just going to come. Like, just like uh, we spoke to earlier, like he getting that report down with Julio. AJ was AJ. Henry finally going back off. Like, this guy typically doesn't turn over the ball. He manages the ball well. He definitely runs. He has great escapability. I think he was a top eight fantasy quarterback. So we can't diminish his value and what he's going to have to do to allow his team to win. And then I love Evans from Tampa Bay. Like, this guy is seven years, a 1,000 yards. We know with Tom Brady teams, the second half is fire. He's already there with Gronk. But I'm quite sure he's going to get in tune with all his other weapons. He already hit up guy. God went crazy last week, but Mike, a game for Evans is coming. And I'd rather get him now while he's his cheapest because he's going to, we already know he's going to go a thousand yards for his eighth straight season. That's just a gimme. You must have missed the game this week. You too late on that one, bro. Because Mike Evans caught like two touchdowns on one of his He did? Yeah. (laughs) Mike Evans went off this week. He didn't have over, let me check my stats, man. He he caught two touchdowns, but he didn't have a lot of yardage. Just like last year, you know. But those Williams are coming. Is, those those yards is coming, man. Especially if anything happens to like an AB. Can we imagine like a no AB with that situation to do for his touches? Godwin, I think he always stays fairly healthy. I um, mean, they don't really use anybody else. I love Evans right now because some people are going to look at, well, he didn't have that many yards. And that's one thing that I'm actually trying to do a trade right now for Evans right now. And even Gaskins. Actually, that's a pivot to Gaskins, right? People don't like Gaskins. I understand it. For whatever reason, nobody loved Gaskins. Huge on Gaskins. I think his upside is trending upwards. I think Tua is week to week with his rib injury. He's likely to play. Even if he's not likely to play, I think sooner than later, Gaskins is going to become uh, 55%, 60% backfield and target shares in the backfield. And it's going to be too late to get him because, again, he's almost like Lamar Miller in the sense where he was underutilized every single year, less than 180 touches, but he maximized on all of them. And I like Gaskins in the red zone. He he finds his way to the red zone. And that about wraps it up for this episode. A little bit of business to take care of here. If you're trying to find us as far as question and answer things of that nature by all means reach out to us in the uh, facebook group or email for email is fantasyfootballfiend at gmail.com if you're trying to find us on twitter it's at fantasy underscore fiend ig fantasy football fiend and again the facebook group is fantasy football fiend family facebook group any info you guys want to put out there by all means you can find me on ig and twitter young vander that's the word young v-a-n-d-e-r feel free to send me a message a dm if you have any roster questions going into the week and i believe that takes care of it again it's our job to give you the advice it's your job to act on it we out